Welcome to Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast. We are all about tips, tricks and news, and we've got it all for you this week. So, let's just get on with the show. Welcome, Acolytes, to the Church of Demonic Possession. I mean, Two Titans and Hunter. My minions today are the Apologetic Lackey parody and the Snivelling Worm Respawn. Sorry. Also, I don't snivel, alright? You're a snivelling worm. I don't snivel. Worm? Worm? Okay, I might let you get away with that. But snivelling? I don't snivel. What the hell does a snivel mean? What is that? You're snivelling now. Is is that like more of your British nonsense? Is that your rubbish? Snivelling? That's not even a thing. It's a thing. You're making up words. It doesn't even matter, because it just sounds so much better in his accent than ours. It's just, it's appalling to me just how much better anything he says sounds. There are certain words that I only hear in his, in his accent now. It's, it's ruining the English language for me bit by bit. So should we start the, the show off really slow this week and, and work our way in through this week at Bungie? Slow, arduous, sure. This week Bungie's at Bungie. tired. We're tired. Yawn. Everyone's tired. No, they were tired last week. Respawn's muted himself again. <laughs> they seem fairly tired this week, too. There's new stuff coming. Enjoy it. Play it. Have fun with it. Everybody wins. No. Oh, I don't know what I've done there. Oh, there you go. Well, now, you, now you've broken it. This week at Bungie, things happened. People complained. They're going to try to fix it, break other things. Done. Yeah, that's at the end of the This Week at Bungie. But oh, the beginning, there's interesting stuff at the beginning. Is there really? Okay, well, let's see what we have. Season of Opulence. Crown of Sorrow. Recommended Power. Oh god! Yeah, you just skip everything and just <laughs> read read the highlighted bits that you want to. <laughs> oh, okay. What does these even say? Well, I've okay. even put it in bullet points for you because you moan. Yeah, right. See, right. Bam, right there. Okay, starting June fourth, twenty nineteen. That's like soon. Okay, season of opulence kicks off. All players of Destiny two, as opposed to Destiny three or one. I guess that's important. Many of you are familiar with how raids can launch with new content. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a thing, I guess. Usually on a Friday at reset. Mm-hmm, yep. This season, oh, oh, here we go. This season, there we go. Doing something a little different. Going to mix things up a bit. What? Owners of the annual pass, donk, annual pass, right there. There's that, there's that pay to win. Will be challenged to conquer a new raid on day one. <gasps> oh, my God. Let's go do a raid under level. That's going to be fun. Okay. Here's some content on this new plan and changes to the upcoming power climb. <gasps> I'm so excited. Okay. Context for anybody that doesn't read American. What did I say? Oh, context and content. I mean, they're interchangeable in this particular, you know, part, I guess. Right? Shut up. Dev team. The world's first race for a raid is a competitive event. Only for people that, you know, have actually paid for the uh, the content, though. So it would seem Mr.'s uh, annual pass, Mr. and Mrs. annual pass, apparently, are the only people that can race this time. So there's that. I get, I guess, a little bit. Whatever. Okay. The raid is a challenge geared towards testing a fire team's ability to learn and execute the mechanics, as well as their ability to overcome enemies and bosses together. You know what? Hold on. That That's bugging me right there. Owners of the annual pass will be challenged to conquer a new raid on day one. So basically, if you have the annual pass, you have, let's see, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you have three days 
to be the world's first, right? So everybody who doesn't own the annuals pass can't even get in on this. I think that it's not good. Why are you saying one, two, three, four days? It's going live on the day one. This is where Respawn hasn't read the notes in front of him. Flashback. Conquer a new raid on day one. <gasps> oh my god! Let's go do a raid under level. That's going to be fun. Okay. And a flashback. Okay, my bad. I retract my statement. Also, kiss my butt, Damon. Thank you. Okay, having a short window of time between release and launch allows us to preserve the combat challenge for players making their attempt on day one and get people playing the raid content right away. Okay, that's cool. Crown of Sorrow, new raid. Zero details. That's cool. No, we've put some details in there. That, is it really details? Six hours after the reset, the raid will launch. Wow. It's not a good time for the Australians, unfortunately. Well, Especially Australia if they want to level up. Exist. We've, we've already, we saw it on the news. Australia doesn't exist. The people that pretend to be Australian are actually people from, from uh, England being paid by the Actors Guild to pretend like they're Australian. We saw this on the Flat Earthers websites, okay? Therefore, it's fact. Duh. Thank you. Australia so, doesn't exist. From reset, they've got six hours to level up. Mm -hmm. And their time zones are like so many hours ahead of you guys. Because the whole raid seems to be geared towards America in, in, in general. So you've got it starting at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 midnight for UK, and 9 a.m. in the morning for Australia. Well, Sydney time anyway. Give or take a couple of hours for, I think, Perth the other way. So, for leveling up, it's okay for like the UK and parts of Europe, but Australia, they'd be leveling up at like three o'clock in the morning, get to nine o'clock, and they'll all be tired. Yeah, but I've played on Australian servers. Those guys never sleep, man. It's crazy. <laughs> so, the recommended power for the first encounter is 715. So, what do you think? It's going to scale up to something ridiculous, isn't it? Do you think it's actually going to go up to 750 in total? No. No, 740, 745 maybe. Wasn't the last one like, was it was it 10 or 15 points each time? I feel like each encounter was like 10 points higher than the, than the one before. It wasn't like 6, 650, 660, 670, or am I misremembering? Or was it 70, 80, 90, something like that? I'm getting the Reckoning tiers confused with the uh, raid level. Yeah, Respawn, you've been in there. Each encounter does go up, right? I don't know how much light level it goes up, but yes, you're right. Each encounter does go up in light. Well, you were reading. Are you continuing? What's going on? I'll, yeah, I'll continue this bit. Okay. So with this, with this race, there will be a few minor changes to the current investment system to ensure that it's an even playing field for players when they increase their power at launch. So the Last Wish and Scourge of the Past raids will be unavailable until the Crown of Sorrows has been beaten. I'm guessing that's just... The raid's first, world's first team. Otherwise, it's going to be locked forever for everybody. Because if I have to go and do Crown of Sorrow first before I then have to go do Last Witch and Scourge, that's not going to happen. That, so is, that, this... that is how that happens, though. Because they even say, until this raid, I think it's for a few days, the other raids no, no, will it, not be available until this one is No, it's, it's, it's world's first. It's to stop people from... It's preventing players from leveling up. Stashes of, of, no, but they, they're stashing those etherical keys mm -hmm. 
So they can just go into Riven and burn all the um, chests in there, can't they? Yes, because for leveling think... up too early. That's what I said. That... Yeah. I, yes. I think they haven't been able to get over the issue of people stacking like 20 in their postmasters and having five on themselves. That's so not an issue. this is their though. workaround. You shouldn't have to it be is. limited by how many keys you have. You've no, no, but this is, this is their workaround, the fact that if you've got that many keys, you could then just go into that raid and unlock all the chests and get your power up really fast. So this is their workaround of we want everybody to go in about 710, mm -hmm. roughly. I mean, somebody's going to work it out. Somebody's going to work out a way of getting up higher. Of course. Yeah, it seems like a pretty good solution, though, just sort of to lock, you know, lock the content out. At least you know, lock the raid content out. So if you want to go and grind other parts of the game, I mean, I think of all the things they could have done, it seems like a fairly good one. I mean, we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. And I'm sure they're watching too to see how how people respond to it, what other methods they find of to farm to get that light level higher. And is this restricted to consoles? Like, is it World's First on PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, or is it World's yeah. First? On yeah, I assume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's World. It's World's First. Period on everything: PC, console, Korea, everybody. Okay. But I assume it's you know once once the the season of the opulence hits, those raids are turned off until someone beats it. Now, whether that's six hours, twelve hours, or nineteen days later, mm. you know, we'll see if we have another Bergusia Forge uh, Naomi Labs <laughs> issue, or if you know it, it gets solved rather quickly. But yeah, well, it's, it's the raids have been somebody solved relatively quickly, though. Yeah, the raids have been pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you the raids, are, you know, forty-eight hour period. You know, there also weren't like missing puzzle pieces to the raids for the most part. So you know, details, details. <laughs> Yeah. So while this goes on and the beginning of the season, so while your character builds up prime attunement charges over time, these are being reset to two per character upon logging in after the new season begins. So at the moment, if you don't play for a couple of days, your prime attunement keeps building up and building up and building up. So when you log on now, after say a week, you'll find that you're getting a prime engram drop every like couple of hours if you're playing. So that will help people level up. So they're resetting that back to two at the beginning of the season of opulence. So they're going to try and curb players from stacking that kind of thing. All level 50 characters can earn prime engrams after signing in and playing during season of opulence. That's all players. Don't have to earn the annual pass for that one. And players may continue to build up prime achievement over time after the reset occurs. And as a reminder, any powerful bounties that you've acquired prior to Season of Opulence, so it's anything that you've got sitting in your inventory that you're waiting to open, will be have a, have a power cap of 700. And for any additional information, see the Cleaning House section of their article, and I'll link that in the um, show notes. So we've got some discussion points for this. So we kick it off with, do you think this is a good change for the raid, rather than having three or four days of constant grinding, it go live like six hours later so that everybody can near enough be on an even playing field. I mean, forgetting about time zones here, if somebody sat down at reset, they've got like five and a half, six hours to grind it out to get as high as they can and then go into the raid. Do you think it's a good change? Because apparently Crota was very similar to that. It, it released day on date as well. I mean, I overheard somebody. I don't know how true this is. I mean, overall, I'm indifferent, right? It doesn't affect me one way or another. I have no feelings towards it. But somebody was mentioning about how it 
it, this is more targeting like the streamers, right? Because you know how the streamers have a whole lot of time to play. I mean, that is their job. So they'll just stack all these Ingrams and whatnot like that. And when the reset comes, they're way ahead of the game, right? Because they've been doing all this prep work because they have all this time. So from what I understand, this is mainly keeping the YouTubers from getting too much of an advantage against, let's say, me or you, right? So if that is the case and if that is true, I'm okay with it. You know, I think it's a good change, right? It really does sound like it would put everybody on an even playing field. But if that's not the case, then, you know, like I said, I'm indifferent. I don't really have an opinion. Well, about yeah, it. I, th I think it, it's one of their workarounds. I think they've had a long think about this because the community have been complaining over time that it's the raid comes out three days after the reset. And if you haven't taken that time off, like some of the YouTubers do, I mean, understandable, you know, it is their kind of job. They, you know, they grind it out like 24 hours, 48 hours so they can get to the, like the max that they can get to before the raid hits. And it is hard. You know, I've, I've been in that raid race for, I, I think I did Kingsfall with my friends and we grinded and grinded and grinded and we were up for like ridiculous amount of hours to get to an appropriate light level so that we could go in day one and see if we could do it and i think maybe this is bungie's solution is that they don't want people burning themselves out too much so what they've done is lower the recommended light to get in on that first encounter and capped certain activities and certain things so that if everybody's level 50 700 start of the season They've got that six-hour window to actually get in and do what they can, take into account what they can do in those that time frame so that there's more of an even playing field because a lot more people would then have a chance or regular clans would have a chance at seeing if they could go in and beat it. And it may may prove, you know, very fruitful. It may prove that, you know, just regular people can beat it. You don't have to be a streamer. So I can see their logic in what they want to do but i was thinking uh, there was there's been talk of maybe would it be better to do a soft cap so for two weeks you've got a soft cap to reach say seven seven hundred thirty five and once you've reached that at the end of those those two weeks on the friday so it's like as they've previously done the raid opens and then you go, go into the raid and it's 750 you know, and you're kind of working your way towards that. So it could even be lower, the, the soft cap. But I'm just saying as a rough figure. So you've got a soft cap, and then the hard cap is when you get into the raid. A bit like we had previous with the Forever 29s in Destiny 1. Do you not think that would be one way? Do you think they'll try that next time? I guess it depends on how well this goes over. Hmm. Right. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see because obviously, you know, we don't know, you know, we can sort of look at the big streamers channels, but we don't have the big, you know, Bungie master screen, which has got to be a lot of fun to watch day one and <laughs> see where all, you know, where all those teams are worldwide and see who's really out ahead. I'd be curious to see if someone, you know, a team of non streamers comes through it, you know, and actually is managed to get the world first. I think that'll sort of be a, you know, a mark of success that this was a good idea to say, hey, we sort of leveled the playing field for everybody. I think it'll be interesting to see it either way because you will hopefully have a lot more people trying for worlds first instead of going, you know, I, I wasn't able to take three days off work and grind for this. So again, you know, sort of like respawn said, it doesn't affect me one way or the other. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in this hunt. I'm not going to be racing for it. I am not going to be dragged in by me and respawn to try uh, this day one. 
Respawn uh, and I have proven we are terrible puzzle solvers as we spent about eight minutes looking for a hatch below the ship for the uh, outbreak quest. So we are not <laughs> going to be great uh, puzzle solver. We can do some DPS, but puzzle solving, not our strong suit. No, it's not, it's not the puzzle solving. What really gets me is the fact that we walked under the nose of that plane. And I know for a fact, because like I was dragging my weapon across the nose of the plane looking for something to interact with. So I know my character walked over that hole without falling in the damn thing. <laughs> so that's what gets me. It's like, we might not have been looking down, but we walked over the hole multiple times. And why didn't we just kind of drop in? And we're like, oh, oh, there's a hole here. <laughs> yeah. so we do have the world's most oblivious hunter who's like, I'm going to find these secrets. I'm going to go out into the wilderness. And then uh, I, 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 I'm not sure if I have the clip of you saying, I walked under that ship. There's nothing under that ship. And I'm as I'm pulling up a YouTube video cursing at, at you and Andy and Myself going, hey, hey, guess guess where the the thing was that we missed fifteen times? Yeah, the place we walked over fourteen times. We're doing good at this. That's irrelevant. That doesn't need to be brought up, and, and that doesn't need to be in the cast. All right, that's the kind of thing that needs to get edited out. Okay. Demon. So, do you think it's okay for raid teams to stack players to compete in the world's first? What do you mean so, stack players? Well, apparently, some of the teams are stacking like twelve players. And what they do is you, the six initial players start the raid and they go in and, and do the, the encounters. And then slowly over time, the other six players are still outside the raid and they're constantly grinding further and further and getting more light progression. And then when one person drops out for any reason, the other person comes in at a higher light and they're, they're doing this. And apparently it happened in WoW with some of the dungeons and raids that they were able to do in that. And it's kind of a, a thing that's just been accepted. But do you think that it should just be World's First is that first initial six players going into that raid and beating that raid? And I think that's that's what happened with Crota and a couple of the raids in D1, that it was just the six players, they went yeah. in it, they and they just progressed all the way through it. Whereas over time, it's been more and more competitive and more and more things have happened. And I'm sure... Like in the callous one that I remember them swapping out a couple of players towards the end due to tiredness, but you never know, you know, and they, they still get worlds first, but do you think that's fair? Um, 12 people rather than six people. I think it's smart, right? I, I will give them credit. I think it's smart. I do not believe that it's actually fair because for like the honor system type, situation right um you know i don't know if, if you're gonna be the world's first it should be your fire team your friends your whomever right and those other six people can go do their own thing i think that would be fair right because that way you know you don't have people in two separate time zones i'm assuming right and when the first team gets tired because it's getting late the second team takes over because it's only for them right that to me is kind of not breaking the rules but I don't really see the honor in that, right? Because though that 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 team of twelve people is basically competing against, say, like a fire team like ours, where it's only the six of us doing it, like a bunch of schmucks, right? So, I don't think it's fair. I think it's intelligent. I think the way they figured that out is pretty cool, right? But I don't think, especially if we're going for worlds first, like if you're going for worlds first, lock the teams. If somebody leaves, now you're down to five, right? 
That's yeah, how I the believe the team it bows be. out. Yeah. Yeah. The team bows out and you start over, right? World's first is world's first. This is a competitive event to see who's smartest, you know, best, fastest, whatever, right? So I think the team should be locked. You'd be a bit right? gutted if you were like the first guy to bow out after, say, the second or third encounter. So yeah. somebody could come in and yeah. they complete it. Do you still get the reward for it? I, I don't think you probably do. No, I'm sure. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's the six that the six that get through the final encounter and actually, you know, are the world's first through that raid. I'm sure it's it's those six people. So even if you've got you know twelve or eighteen or twenty five people on standby, it's whatever six actually are in that final encounter actually beating the raid. Yeah. I mean, and that's See, I'd want to stay there all the way through. I wouldn't want to give up my position, regardless of what light I was. If I was in that raid race, I'd be there, and that's it mm-hmm. until I give until the whole team gives up. Right. Yeah. You got, you got a dog in this fight. You better stick around. You yeah, know yeah. What I mean? Right. Yeah. You're in there for the long haul, and even and yeah, I mean, and like you said, anything could happen. You could lose power. There could be a storm somewhere. You know, your internet drops out. You know, there's any any reason. Oh, I you know, I do sort of like the I don't know the randomization of the chance of you're in the world's first raid. And yeah, if you're if if you lose someone from your fire team, yeah, you know, kick the whole fire team to orbit, or you know, you know, you can either go on with five or four or three, or I don't want I, I don't think you should kick leave, the whole fire team to orbit. Like yeah, what you're talking about, if yeah, yeah, no, power, no, right? That yeah, is allowed to come back in, right, right, right? yeah, yeah, no, no. When so, if someone leaves, not kick them, but say you know, okay, if if you if you're at six and someone leaves. You know, okay, now you're down to five. Or if you do as a fire team, you know, leave, you can't just invite somebody in. You have to start over again. I sort of like that idea. But again, I don't have a dog in this fight either. So, you know, we're all talking in theoreticals anyway. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be sitting here, you know, trying to get the world's first on anything. So, you know, I, 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 I do miss that. I think I I'll do be, miss I'll be curious to see how first, it goes. So. We're just going in blind and just, you know, trying it for the first time. It's really exciting. It's really good fun. I'm, Golgoroth, we spent six hours at Golgoroth, but it's something that's ingrained in my memory. You know, six hours on a raiding counter trying to work out which bubbles to shoot and what does what. See, you know, and you, you nobody have fond, wanting to look on YouTube at that point. See, but you, it was fun. You have fond memories about that? That sounds like a normal Frozen raid to me. I can't tell you the number of times I've sat through the normal raids that people knew how to beat for six hours on an encounter. Because there was one one piece of the puzzle we were missing, or one person who hey, know, I was who kept dying, or whatever, taking you into Golgoroth on the challenge mode, and we did it first time. That was fantastic. I can't believe the coordination that we actually managed to get, and we actually did it first time. And that used all of our clan coordination. That was that was it. That was the one time we had it. Just like I think there was there was one time in um, uh, what's the the Leviathan? There was one time we got through the. I think the dogs on the first try and then the, the room where you have to do the relay race got through the whole thing on the first try. It was like, I, I don't know what happened. It's like, everything just came together and everything clicked. And it was beautiful. Never again, never since, but mm. it was beautiful. That one time it happened, but it is, it is fun doing it blind. Or even if you just wanted to kind of try for worlds first and you may get lucky. So, you know, good luck to all those teams that are going to try the worlds first, or even just going blind on the first day. Good luck to you guys. All right. So, raid expands hard challenge mode, boring. Uh, Guess, what? Guess, what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Craig's up recording an hour ago. No. I'm Banners back next week. Woohoo! I know that seems that seems fast. I mean, it, it was only two weeks ago. So, yeah. it's a week earlier than I thought it would be back. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, aren't we missing something? Shouldn't there be a 
wasn't was doubles actually was doubles this week i thought they were bringing doubles yeah, back doubles and this week now i've totally missed doubles again oh well it's not crimson it's not crimson doubles so who cares they're, they're just doing it to get it out of the way so people can people can get that stupid 2500 kill bounty yes so the final iron banner of the season of the drifter takes place next week Lord Saladin returns to the tower, which is now clean of the reverie decorations, and invites you to participate in the power-enabled combat. So apparently it starts on May 14th at 10am Pacific Standard Time, and ends on May 21st at 10am Pacific Standard Time. Destiny 2 Update 2.2.2 released earlier this week and fixed an issue where the Iron Ruby Shader was not being rewarded when dismantling Iron Banner rewards. If you've been looking to acquire the Shader, you can either dismantle a reward that you've already got, and that'll be in your inventory, or dismantling an Iron Banner reward next week. Lord Saladin will also feature the following weapons for direct purchase when completing their associated weekly bounties. So he's got the grenade launcher and the hand cannon. And we have a couple of notes to go along with this. This will be your final chance to participate in the Iron Burden experiment of Season 6 if you're currently on the path for 2,500 burden kills and the heaviest death emblem you have seven days to complete this so that's good and additionally this will be your final opportunity to unlock season six triumphs or armor sets related to the iron banner so get out there and make salad and proud and so how many kills do you have left about 1200 kills left to do and you've got your plan for each day, how many kills you're going to get, and how you're going to grind through it? Yeah. I ask, because I figure you're the only person close. I'm at 507, and I doubt I'll be much higher than that, if at all. Mm. And, and Respawn probably has 12. No, I have like, I don't know, just under 300. But I'm not doing it. I don't care. This is, this is, this is not my circus, not my monkeys. I have nothing to do with that. I've always liked Iron Banner, <laughs> and to get something that's associated with Iron Banner is a good thing, sort of. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, sort of. Well, you know, I did uh, rant about it a couple of weeks ago, but it is a good thing. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I was just happy to get through and get my Wizard review because, again, I mean, it's it's not you know, I don't think it's a great gun. It's not like it's one I'm going to go to day in and day out, but it's just nice to have another decent fusion rifle option that's not an exotic. Mm. So I was like, I was at least going to grind it out to get the 500 kills. And honestly, after that, it's just, just a little too tedious to go. And again, I'm not, I don't think in any world, am I going to get 2000 kills in this iron banner? Unless I take the week off work and go, all right, I'm going to play 10 or 12 hours a day, every single day, do nothing but iron banner, nothing but kills. It's it's not going to happen, but I'm happy to at least get the weapon out of it. I like the raid fusion rifle, honestly, you know, I have, I have the non curated Weissen rebuke. And that's all right. It charges a little slow for my taste, but um, I know you haven't done the raid. I get that, but you should because it's got a lot of really great weapons in it, man. You know, I'm not even talking about the exotic grenade launcher. I'm just talking about, like, in general, a lot of the legendary weapons it has are really good. Shotgun's great. Fusion rifle, I think, is great. Scout rifle could be better, but it's not bad, you know. I mean, there's a lot of really good weapons in the raid, man. The wrath, of, not the wrath of the machine. That is the wrong raid. That's stuck in my head though because of the the, the perfection, man. I've just been wrath of the machine all week, man. I don't know what's going on. I'm getting like severe deja vu. You know what I mean? I keep saying you know what I mean, but but yeah, severe deja vu is just. I, I want to go back and play wrath of the machine again. I do. I want it to be a thing in Destiny Two. Well, if you wait long enough, I'm sure they'll port it to Destiny Two because all the old guns are coming back up. And we're visiting the tower that's clearly been destroyed. So the tower's mm-hmm. back. 
Dude, so just, just set, set a raid in the tower and, and we're all set. Stupid happy if the icebreaker came back. Oh my god. So on a separate, well, on a note regarding the Iron Banner, on Reddit, Dinosaurs asked about the season's Iron Banner ship. Apparently it was due this season, but there was a bug preventing it from dropping. And DMG's responded that the ship is being pushed to next season. I'd completely forgotten that they were doing another Iron Banner ship. Apparently it was in one of the Twelves a couple of months back. But obviously yeah, we I missed it. Forgot. Yeah, I forgot they had the, the shaders because it was like, hey, the shaders are broken. It'll be your next Iron Banner. We mean the next Iron Banner. We mean this Iron Banner. So yeah. it, 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 I wouldn't be, I will not be surprised if we load up this Iron Banner and it goes, remember those shaders we were supposed to have that no one's seen yet? Yeah, those aren't fixed yet either. <laughs> and, and again, you know, I'm, you know, again, video games are hard. I'm not trying to knock Bungie for saying, you know, for having, you know, Q- QA problems on minor things. Because again, I'm sure like, like DMG said the other week, you know, these are the bugs you're seeing. And again, as far as bugs go, you know, a reward not dropping, not a big deal. It's not a quest progression step. It's not, you know, keeping you from enjoying the game. It's not anything super major. So I'm sure the things they fixed are, are you know, big show, show-stopping bugs, big things that have broken. But it's still just like, okay, you know, f- you know, fix it, push it out, then tell us about it. You know, the top is nice, but it's also got to be a little, a little crazy for them going, okay, we've promised this thing, we've put it out there, and it's not going to happen again. We're going to promise it next week, and it's not going to happen. Again. I just mentioned there's rooms of people going, "Oh man, this this isn't fixed yet. It doesn't work." We're going to have you know hordes of people on Reddit and the forums going, "Hey guys, where's this thing that you told us we were going to have?" It's like, yeah, next time, next time you'll have it. It's always just the okay. one person they think, "Oh, we've we managed to dodge it this week," and then just one person goes, "Hang on a minute, you said this like six months ago in black and white on here," and they're like, "Oh." Mm-hmm. No, remember when? Remember when you you yeah, as a company put this on your official company update? Yeah. <laughs> next next time next time just let let DMG tweet it out, and then he can be like, "No, that never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. What screenshots?" So, parody, would you like to take us through news, info, tips, and tricks? News, info, tips, and tricks. Who all four? All right. So we've got jumping puzzles and timed activities, which everybody loves, obviously. So Cosmos talked about the jumping puzzles and timed activities saying, we totally understand that some players don't like, yeah, we totally understand that some players don't like jumping puzzles or timed activities. The experience utilized those mechanics and many players are reporting that they enjoy it. We will continue to monitor the response. Not all future activities will require jumping or timed execution. We'll continue to create different content for different moods. Thanks from the forums. Uh, they'll also let the team know that ammo synths are heavily desired by the community. And we'll give that give that feedback to the teams as well as the possibility of adding a rally flag in zero hour, which would be a nice touch. And again, yeah, that's something else that it's nice to see. We see it in the reckoning. Again, it's a nice mechanic to have. So why not, you know, why not put that into more activities? Yeah, I, I suppose that is Destiny 2's version of ammo synths, isn't it? But you get your super as well. So for you guys that don't know, in Destiny 1, you used to be able to buy ammo synths from like various different vendors in the tower, and you'd be able to pop one of those whilst you're out in the wild, in the raid, or just doing anything, and you could get heavy um, secondary and primary ammo synth. So you'd be able to top up your heavy to go into a raid encounter. So I'm guessing them putting the raid banners at the start of the encounters for the raid is their way of getting around it. But maybe it's something that they'll include later. Yeah, you know, that would be a nice change. Yes, but it's not the same thing. 
because the ammo sense you could pop them anytime anywhere but you had what uh, a cooldown of what like five minutes or 30 seconds or something i think it was, yeah, like it was that. five minutes wasn't it you could like five pop, minutes you could pop a heavy and then as long you know just use it all yeah but you had you had the opportunity to pop it whenever you wanted the um the the raid banner for example you get all of your super and your ammo which is better than a synth but you can only do it one time and it's at the beginning of the encounter that's it so if you're in the middle of the encounter and 10 15 minutes have passed and you're out of ammo you're out <laughs> that's it so yeah and just like the this the, the the outbreak perfected heroic yeah you run i ran out of ammo seven eight times man it's crazy i ran out of ammo all the time in that race so i wish i had some sense like back in the day but you know even at that point a rally flag would have actually not helped it would have helped because this was in the middle of the encounter so right yeah especially in anything time is not going to help you a whole lot but at least having the option there and again it's something we had in destiny one we lost in Def- destiny two and yeah while the rally flags are sort of a sort of a replacement for that not really in the same way yeah, yeah. so yeah, so time activities, jumping puzzles, rally flags, heavy ammo sense, or all ammo I sense. I don't mind timed activities. I don't mind jumping puzzles. But they need to give a more realistic time frame. Just not we both. managed to do it within the 20 minutes on the regular, right? But the heroic is a lot harder, and they have the same time limit, right? I don't think that that is realistic. Because as far as I know, I haven't been on YouTube, but as far as I know, even... Even like the YouTubers are using the time glitch so they can uh, do the little button puzzle to get the uh, the extra data on the outbreak perfected, right? Because there's just not enough time, you know? I don't know if anybody's done it and, you know, successfully done it within the 20 minutes. And I don't know if anybody's beaten the boss within the 20-minute time frame. Let's just say there's an historic video out there where he's soloed it, so. There is a video out there? That of somebody... course he has. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, and there's always the folks who are going to do it and super quick, and and I was wondering if it's one of those. Yeah, I always wonder is are the jumping puzzles a little bit easier with a mouse and keyboard than with a controller? Because I definitely feel like I'm wearing icy Titan boots every time I do jumping puzzles on a console. I've you know again, I've never played on the PC, so I don't know if that's better or worse or the same. I personally, I think it's easier on console, and even on PC, uh, most of my games I still use a controller for. There are exceptions, but. I like the, the the feel of the controller better. Other people will argue, um, but I think that it's better on the PC because you have a higher frame rate, and you can make corrections kind of easier. I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. So there's a tweet from Paris with two R's on Twitter saying, "I gotta say, Bungie, no longer a fan of the day one raid race." It's a pinnacle endgame activity that caters to a small percentage of even your most hardcore audience. We are in year four. I'd like to see a more unique approach that can cater to more of the audience instead of even less. So basically he's saying, you know, you have this pinnacle top tier activity that's, that's catering to the, to the top of the top of the top, to the peak of the peak, to the best of the best of the best, or honestly, so in other words, the, the people that the would luckiest. be considered pinnacle top tier. Right. And, and, I, and I'm curious now with the, you know, with the change they've made to this raid race, if that widens the field at all. But I guess that, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. And you know, maybe we'll take our crack at and see what happens. Okay, so yeah, Deej sent a reply to Paris saying, we'll reveal the entire calendar of activities before the season begins. I think you'll find something on there that you'll like. I'll circle back after it's out, and I'm open to see if I'm right. 
So I was looking at the calendar because they've got a couple of things for the season of opulence, which is like the, their June, you know, it says June to August on the roadmap. So we've got the soul, you know, for um, annual pass folks, we've got, you know, an exotic quest coming up, new triumph and lore books, you know, new raid rewards, iron banner, of course, new vanity rewards, the power increase, and then an event called solstice of heroes, which I'm wondering if that's going to be their, you know, end of the end of the season, end of the game, you know, book of triumph type thing, or if that's going to be something different. And then we're going to have, actually, I'm sorry, that's, that's free to everybody. So those, those free seasonal updates, that's for everyone going out in season of opulence. For the annual pass content, we're going to have new weapons and gear, the new raid, obviously, that we've talked about. There will also be that new six-player six matchmate activity that's coming. So we'll see if that's... I'm curious if that's going to be brand new, like, you know, something completely new we haven't seen before, or it should be like a different Gambit mode or something else. It'll be interesting to see because... Uh, uh, what's the little robot? Sweeperbot's name. Sweeperbot is our, you know, is our big main character, just like we had Ada one for the Black Army and the Drifter for Season of the Drifter, he's our you know, main character for this one. So maybe it'll be something raid-related. Yeah. And then obviously new Triumph and Lore books. And then there's two redacted activities or some things. There's two things on the roadmap that just say redacted. Now I wonder, is one of those the Outbreak Prime quest? Or is or are there still two new things coming? No, Outbreak's they... for this one. Okay. okay. They, had a redacted, they had a redacted for this season, and that was the Outbreak. Okay, yeah. yeah so there's still, there's, there's still something coming on the roadmap that, you know, they're not talking about in addition to our six player matchmate activity. So Icebreaker. there's definitely something new on the horizon. We'll see if it's like, you know, cause escalation protocol was one of those, you know, gambit was a new thing they threw in. So, you know, they, they definitely have shown they will go outside of what we have and bring us something completely new. Now again, for good or for bad, maybe something you enjoy, maybe not, but at least it'll be something new. They're going to bring out. All right. So destiny item manager, has a new tab now where you can use a loadout optimizer to help you build specific armor builds. Now I haven't looked at this night demon. I'm guessing you have. So is this like, if you want to go into the reckoning or go into Gambit prime, you can, you can say build things out or does it also work for, Hey, I want to, I want to run this crucible and I want to run, you know, a void loadout, find me weapon, you know, find me armor pieces with void on it. You know, what level of customization can you do with this thing so far? Yeah, you can. It's, it's quite simple and straightforward. You can, it's got um, different squares for different armor pieces, those helmet, gauntlets, chest piece, and you select on there what you are looking for and the character above that. And say you wanted to do a pulse rifle loadout, it would find you the optimum build for pulse rifle, or you could type it in the search um, bar and then it will give you a list of um, enhanced pulse rifle perks on what armor pieces that you've got or just pulse rifle perks or if you wanted grenadier or if you wanted something something on your armor that you were looking for to make a specific build for then yet yeah, you could put it in the search or you could individually search for each item and tune it to your loadout save that loadout and then go back into the main page of destiny Item manager and be there in the top drop down box and you've got it there for until you delete it basically so yeah, it, it works out really well. And I believe Blue Screen told me about it. I hadn't actually noticed on the, the update, but yeah, it, there it is. And um, I had to play around with it because it's something quite interesting to do. So yeah, it's something to, worth pointing out to everybody else. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, I would love to put together, because half the time, honestly, I just stick with, you know, whatever mods, you know, whatever armor pieces I have with super mods in them or you know, whatever I happen to be wearing at the time, I haven't really built any armor sets out. So this is nice that there might be actually be an easy way, you know, again, not in game, but 
at least an easy way through an app to build these out and then and then just to keep track of them because even if you build them out it's like how how do you keep track of the sets you put together when all your thumbnails look the same so that's nice i'll be i'll be a nice change going forward well that's what you were asking about that the other week weren't you so yeah you could you can put a specific loadout together save it and then you've got it every time and you just click the button on the destiny item manager and it automatically can load it straight onto your character i'll link that the item manager link in the show notes as well. Yeah, I'll definitely have to play with that this week. That's exciting. It's, it's a nice, you know, nice quality of life change. So, as to cross gaming, has done a video on the spectral blade changes, and he discusses post and pre changes. The and he shows you the before and the after, and he goes into how the light melee attack has changed. So, a lot of people were saying that it hasn't changed from the before the nerf but he showed you that what happens is you can still do the slash across the screen and and get to your opponent faster but the moment that you actually make contact with your opponent it then drains your super really really fast he shows you the bar decreasing significantly so that's how they've worked it out that if you're using that light melee to get across the map that as soon as you make contact with that player if you've done the whole of that map and you do one slice on that player you've then lost your entire super energy so that's how Bungie have kind of worked it out he also runs through his thoughts on the best supers for 1v1s and he's also trying it with the Gwishin vest so that's quite interesting to watch True Vanguard has put a video together on improving your gun skill enough said really I mean he goes over a lot of basic tips and a lot of things that you you know are very helpful if you're try- just trying to improve your gun skill in PvP but it will also help you in PvE. With the changes to the Lunar's Howl and the Not Forgotten, Destiny Fun Police has put a video together on the top five hand cannons for Season of Opulence. Most of them are very easy to obtain, so it's worth having a look at what he recommends because he's very he's a very highly skilled player and he also lo- tells you the roles that he has on the weapons and if he's got a good role on it, then it's a good role to look out for. Especially like if you're going for a Kindle Orchid or a um, Duke Mark 44. Rustophilus has a video on a Warlock Sentry build for Gambit Prime. And he uses the Outbreak Perfected, which we'll cover later on in the show. And he walks you through the build with what armor settings and for like mobility, resilience and recovery. And also the mods and the subclasses that you can use for that. And that's it for our tips and tricks and news roundup. We are now have our this week's topic, weapon focus, and guess what? There's a respawn rants at the end. Good times. <laughs> so spoilers for the the quest and <laughs> upcoming outbreak perfected. If you didn't want to know, we'll put a timestamp, or you could just skip to the end of the show, basically, and listen to Parody going, "Thank you for coming," because this whole section at the end is all about the outbreak prime what you have to do with quests and things. So who would like to take us through this? I'm guess- guessing the whole thing is just respawn. We'll just respawn the whole thing. I would just say, uh, since I don't have the gun yet, I will let somebody talk about who's actually touched it, used it, felt it, sniffed it, played with it. Sniffed it, licked it, slept with it, it's under my pillow as we speak. Oh my God. Oh man. <laughs> this is what is so exciting about Destiny. The fact that we've gone from doing the revelry with the iron banner and then as soon as that finishes everyone's like oh it's going to be a dull week there was nothing in the twelve last week they go and drop an exotic quest on us and then guess not what? just an exotic quest uh, 
Sorry, I didn't know how to finish that. It was I, I wanted to say the exotic, but the arbalesque is also really amazing too. But oh my god, it's such a good exotic. I'm sorry. Go I was ahead. just gonna say, and then we've got Iron Banner next week, and I'm excited to see what's gonna come the following week because they're not gonna just leave it at that. They're not just gonna go. Oh, by the way, you've now just got two weeks to just do nothing or do what you want to kind of do. I think this just. They, the way that they've planned this game out, and I know a lot of people have moaned that there's not enough content, there's not this, not that, but they try and do something every week. There's always something. I mean, next week, I know we've got Iron Banner, but we've got, a, again, we've got a full curse week, so there's things that are going on in Dream City for that. But it's that's what's kind of exciting for just the normal player, that they, they can just log on and there's things to do every week for them. And like Parody was saying earlier, there's doubles this week as well, so... That doesn't come up that often, so it's it's really good fun. So respawn, go and go on, have 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 a chat about the lovely weapon. So first part, I'm gonna try to try to remain calm because yeah, you've got some everybody. basic information so, to tell the people. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna work through it. I'm gonna get there. Uh, so basically, the weapon breakdown of the outbreak perfected. Uh, for those that didn't play D1, this is a weapon that came back from Destiny One called the Outbreak Prime. And just like the Outbreak Prime, when you get a headshot, it spawns these little nanites that almost look like cluster, seeking cluster rocket things, right? And um, when the enemy's close enough, they seek to the enemy and they hit them. Kind of like, uh, oh, you know what? It looks like skip mine. Skip uh, You know how you throw the skip mine? Skip grenade, thank you. You know how you throw the skip grenades and all the little red sparkly bits come out? Same premise, but there's usually a lot more of them, right? And they go out and they seek enemies. Uh, and you don't necessarily even have to get like a critical kill, right? Critical kills spawn more of them, but just actually hitting the enemy. Not even critical. You can just get like body shots. Just hitting the enemy with this weapon will spawn nanites randomly, right? And unlike Destiny 1, the more nanites that have been spawned on this enemy, the more damage your weapon does. So as an example, the weapon does, I believe, 28 crit hit damage. And then if you if, if enough nanites stack on there, right, your critical hit damage goes from 28 to 44. Like this is PvP, right? So that's almost double, right? That's almost double the power of this weapon, right? Well, actually, it's not almost double. It's like whatever. It's a lot of bonus damage for this weapon. See what I'm saying? And I personally have used it. I have melted bosses with a fire team of people in seconds. You know, and it's just it's just a crazy, crazy gun. It's a great gun in Destiny 1, probably the best gun in Destiny 1. And it's 100% top tier in Destiny 2. But let's get into the details of this weapon. So you have the rate of fire, which is a 450 pulse rifle, right? Light, lightweight frame. Uh, however, unlike other lightweight frames, you don't get the uh, plus two bonus to mobility. You skipped a whole load of stuff. Who cares? Now, I didn't okay. skip. I'm coming back. Right, let me do this. This is my but part. The, but Shit, at please. the top, it says. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Thank you. Impact is about 27. Really good for a pulse rifle. Range is 65. Also pretty good. Stability 46 to 47. Eh. Um, I don't think those numbers are right because the stability on this gun, I think, is way, way better than that. That's just a personal opinion, but I think the stability is really good on it. And I don't have any like pulse rifle stability mods or anything like that. I'm I'm using the gun 
out the box, no mods making it better in one way, shape, or form. This is just straight gun damage. Okay. Handling 39 to 40. Reload speed 49 to 50, unless you got outlaw procced, then it's a lot faster. By the way, this gun comes with outlaw. <laughs> uh, magazine size 36, aim with 6 is 80 or higher, and recoil direction is in the low 70s, thereabouts. Uh, I think that's another one that probably isn't right. For me, recoil direction is pretty vertical. Like, again, really I would draw your attention to the top paragraph. What? What? The stats for the outbreak prime are not yet released and will be updated once the weapon has been declassified by Bungie. The values below yeah. are approximately based on what is shown in game yeah. and should be treated as such. Yeah. So you keep going, it doesn't yeah. feel, it doesn't feel, but this is roughly what they've worked out. Yeah. 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 Okay, moving on. The corruption spreads. Extended barrel, accurized rounds, outlaw, and paratism are the perks on this weapon. Corruption spreads. This weapon creates. Oh, by the way, corruption spreads is its exotic perk, as well as paratism. It has two. The corruption spreads. This weapon creates seven nanite swarms on rapid hits and precision kills. Paratism. This weapon does more damage to enemies based on the number of seven nanites that attach to them. Outbreak perfected. Oh, here we go. I already said this part. Uh, let's let's move down a bit, shall we? Thank you. Outbreak perfected is a four hundred and fifty RPM pulse rifle, similar. To why? Why are you gonna? Why? Why? Uh, why? Why are you doing these things that you're doing? And if anybody doesn't know, Siva is one of the enemies that we used to fight in Destiny One. Or it's a, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of infection, wasn't it? That it infected wasn't Fallen. An infection. And... It was a, it was a nanite technology, right? that could break down materials and then rebuild it in whatever way the user deemed fit. The problem is, is it began to think that it was smarter than the people controlling it, and it just went haywire. So it's actually just technology that behaves like a virus. And it's not a virus that just like attacks humans or animals or whatever. It attacks everything. Like structures it 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 re it restructures buildings right i mean just whatever it came across it restructured in whatever way it deemed fit so pretty cool actually and it was our it was the main villain or the main protagonist in um rise of iron antagonist. for destiny one and it antagonist antagonist then and it it wiped out the iron lords apart from saladin and ephrodite as far as we know anyway and there was, there was lots of cutscenes and lots of dying and... Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers? Maybe we should what do you mean spoilers? spoilers? This is D1. <laughs> yeah. People oh might want to go back and play D1. Okay. Um, okay, so on precision kills, seven Siva nanites will spawn and stay around for two to three seconds. If an enemy is within about six meters of the swarm, the Siva nanites will move towards the enemy and attach themselves, detonate, kill them. Okay? Or do damage not necessarily kill but it does kill a lot from what i've seen um they will debuff that enemy with the strength of the debuff based on the number of attached nanites more nanites mean higher damage to the enemy using outbreak perfected outbreak perfected shooting that same enemy will also do increased damage on the fourth consecutive burst on a single target three seven nanites will spawn and be attached i'm sorry will spawn and be attracted back towards the enemy you were shooting. There is a chance for the nanites to attach to other enemies, but the radius for that is small. 
about three meters. And the nanites have a stronger attraction to the enemy closest to the one that you were shooting when they spawned. Um, there's a Charlemagne website without break details. I'm assuming he's going to put it somewhere. He usually does. <laughs> there have been several issues. Would you like to go over it, Respawn? Are you capable of doing this? Can I trust you? Or should we just turn it over to parody and I'll mute you? I'm reading, but it's just boring. You get bored. <laughs> All right, let's see. Where's the start? Okay, That's our new okay. If you can't find the door to the mission that opens... Wait, what? You didn't even tell him where the door is, cranky pants. So you don't start no, of the floor. That's, that's, that's down to you. Okay. Well, when you go to Titan, there's going to be a heroic adventure. So the mission starts on Titan, does it? Yes. How do you know about that? Because I'm psycho. Is, is Psychic! Telling... Psychic! Is, are there, are there, is there an indication on the map telling you where to go? No. Well, how do you know? Because he, because he, he logged online okay. and asked, asked Parody Psych where he needed to go and what he needed to do, and then, and then how he had to find it, and then where the door was. <laughs> That's all hearsay. None of this can be proven in court. Okay, shut up. I've got a recording of me waiting for you at the first thing for like 10 minutes while you jumped around trying to find me. Yes, but that conversation can't be proven. Okay, shut up. Where do you transmat to, Respawn? Uh, Sloan. Right next to Sloan. No, you don't. I did. Tiger. I did. But that's probably why it took you 10 minutes to get there. I believe it's the rig, isn't it, Parody? You think we're experts here? You think we're competent? We're not. <laughs> oh. Anyway, on Titan, there's a heroic adventure, regardless of where it is. It's on the no, map. You don't you it's don't on the map. Do the it's on the map. It's on the map. The I'm telling you, you don't have to do the heroic we adventure. Did. That's because you're special, and I will give you a special badge for that. I want a gold star! You don't do the adventure <laughs> for picking the thing up, don't or you just have to get star. where that door you is get... normally? Tell us how to do it goodly, then. You just go where the door is. This is what I'm saying. I'll tell you what, I will just raise that, this bit, then you can go on and do your rant later, <laughs> because you're really messing up with this. All right, fine, whatever. So again, spoilers for anybody that doesn't want to know anything about the Outbreak Perfected Weapon Quest. But we're going to run through a few things here. So there are six main parts to this quest. And I will link uh, videos by Fallout Plays detailing each step. So I'll quickly run through roughly what ha you need to do. So step one is to find the quest. And you have to fly to Titan and zone into the rig. And in the video, Fallout Plays shows you exactly where to go from the spawn point to get to a secret door that is locked that once you open it you'll be able to go in and find a mysterious data pad. Step 2 complete the data pad so you'll find a data pad on Titan that needs to have nodes inserted into it and they are in lost sectors on the EDZ and Nessus and these are fallen boss lost sectors you don't need to kill the bosses you just need to find the nodes. Step 3 you go to the farm I know unusual go to the farm if anybody doesn't remember where that is if you highlight the if you highlight earth and up to the top right hand corner there is a yellow ball that says farm on it if you go there down underneath a building on the right and when you zone in there is a little cellar that's open if you follow the path around everybody's kind of running there so you should be able to find it you'll find Mithrax a fallen captain hiding in some bookshelves at the back and that's where you can start the mission so step four is you have to complete the 20 minute mission called Zero Hour 
to get the weapon and this includes jumping puzzles and killing everything that you see as you go through it. Once you've done that and you've got the weapon you can then select a heroic version so that is step five. The heroic version again is located in the farm but if you when you zone into the map on the top right hand corner you'll see a blue symbol that you can then start the heroic version. In that there'll be a burn each week and this current week that we've initially started it on is a void burn and when you run through that and you complete that 20 minute mission again there's jumping puzzles but it's slightly different then you should be able to get the catalyst to drop from that and each week that you complete it you should get 10% from just completing the heroic version each week so it should take you five weeks roughly to complete it if you're just doing the heroic version over and over again but there is also another step which is step six where you can go and find a mysterious data pad again in the mission and once you've done that there is a vault puzzle and with this vault puzzle it's pushing buttons and levers and, and a numerical sequence and it's very complicated but there are a couple of websites and calculators to help you out and guides on it which we have linked in the show notes once you've done that that gives you an extra couple of particles of SIVA to then upgrade the catalyst so it should take more should take you about three weeks if you do this also in doing this this rewards you with a ship schematic if you're having an issue when you initially start the quest and you can't find the door to the mission or you can't find that it doesn't open then there has been an issue with the rat king quest which is blocking the outbreak prime or the enemy of my enemy mission and bungie are looking to it and if you are affected by that please let them know and and hopefully there'll be a fix for it soon so if you can't get the door to open one thing might help is if you go back to Sloan and talk to her or if you don't remember completing the quest step for the Rat King's crew then it might be in your inventory it might not it may require you to play through the enemy of my enemy quest until you reach the reactor room to recover the reactor so here you'll actually encounter the fallen captain Mithrax as well as a hive knight and it's been speculated that you have to keep Mithrax alive for this quest to open up if you don't attack him he doesn't attack you kind of thing and then he says goodbye and, and disappears at the end of the mission so in order to be able to unlock the door for the fallen transponder for your outbreak perfected mission but it is a myth that you have to let the fallen leader live in the enemy of my enemy on titan um, all you have got to have done is basically have completed that mission so some people are saying that you have to have done the daily mission to run through and there's a shrieker and things like that i can confirm by doing it myself that you can just run there from the um, patrol point and you don't need to do it solo. I took my friend with me and we ran and got the transponder or the data pad and started the quest that way. So you can just run there from patrols. So there's no issue with that. So going on to the videos that we've got for you. I thought it'd be easier if I link three videos all by the same person. So I've gone with Fallout Plays because he's pretty straightforward in explaining what needs to be done. So in the first video, he goes into how to get the quest started and he goes over where to go on Titan where to go and get the six node locations on four on the EDZ and two on Nessus also he goes over the route that you take in the zero hour mission and that includes where jumping puzzles are and where buttons are to push to help your teammates get through the jumping puzzles because as you're going through there are sections that are quite hard to jump and the first person through can activate a button that then brings out other platforms to help other teammates get through so that's something good that Bungie have done. If you've got fallen armaments much like we talked about the taken armaments that you can get from the last wish raid if you get a grenade kill 
with the taken armaments in Gambit Prime, it then gives you heavy ammo reserves. This again, the Fallen Armour mods that you can get from the Scourge of the Path raid, you can equip on your character and if you get grenade kills that gives you extra heavy ammo. So that's something to think about if you're loading up to go in for this mission. The second video by Fallout Plays is a walkthrough guide of how to get the catalyst because the heroic version of the mission is slightly different with different jumping puzzles. It may take a couple of times to get practice in where to jump but he has a an in-depth video of where to go and what to do. And then he has a third video which is the void challenge which is this week's challenge for doing the data pad. Now it may change slightly each week or it may be the same but at the moment they're calling it a void challenge because this week we're on a void week. Next week be solar or, or arc. So, But it will require you to do different computer entries whilst in the vault at the end of the mission. If you're worried about the 20 minute time that is required to do this, don't worry, there is a cheese for it. And this basically means that you can have one person constantly trying to load into the mission which then delays the timer until they actually load in. So there's there's a couple of button sequences and, and how to do it. But I will link a video by Cheese Forever who has a video on how to do that. As long as you zone into the mission before the mission ends, you should also get the rewards if you are the person doing the button pushing outside trying to um, keep yourself from zoning in. So that is very good and very helpful for people that have or people that are struggling with jumping puzzles like myself. Also, Cheese Forever has done a void configuration web page and a video guide to go along with that. So I'll link that in the, the notes because once you're in the vault room and you're trying to do the catalyst, you have to input certain numbers into certain terminals. And if you use his web browser, you can input the numbers in there and it will tell you which terminal to go and which buttons to push. So that is very, very helpful. And he's also configured it for mobile. Final couple of videos, we have um, Sweaticles has done a video on how to get the quarantine zone emblem for the Outbreak Prime quest. Now you can do this in regular or the heroic version. And basically what it means is you have to have, I think it's five minutes left on your timer once you've completed the mission and you'll get a special emblem to drop. Asticross has done a video on a Warlock build using the Chromatic Fire chess piece and the Outbreak Perfected, and he's called it Chromatic Perfected. That's worth having a look at and seeing if that's interesting for you. I also then have three other videos that may be interesting. We have the original Destiny Outbreak Prime review by Patrick Casey. That goes over the initial weapon from Destiny 1, and you can see how it compares to the Destiny 2 version. I have the True Vanguard exotic review for Destiny 2, and he goes over how good the gun is and where to use it and what to do and, and all the different things for that. That's really cool. And the last video is a video by My Name is Bife and he's done a lore video on the Outbreak Perfected. So that may be worth checking out. It's a 20 minute video. It does give you a bit of interesting lore on it. A few final things on the Outbreak Perfected quest. Cosmo has confirmed on Twitter that Zero Hour Mission is permanent. So it's unlike the Whisper quest that came, when it first came out, it was time gated and the drifter has remarked as soon as you acquire the weapon and you go and speak to him if you ever go back he wants you to pick something up for him so that's interesting it may be something that then goes on further and further into the quest so that's really cool 
And thanks to a Reddit post by Jinsa, there is a game file that shows that there's a reference to void, solar and arc configurations, which then turns into a ship which we spoke about previous. So this ship is called SCARP CF71791. And in the game files, it shows that you have got to have completed the three configurations of the puzzle in the heroic reprise of Zero Hour to complete the ship repairs. So once you've done a void, a solar and an arc, schematic for the ship should be able to be turned into Amanda Holiday and you get a ship. So that's really cool. So we're not going to discuss our views on the weapon until Parody has actually acquired the weapon because he hasn't been able to get on this week to do it. So we're going to give him a hand this following week just before I'm Banner and hopefully he can get the weapon. And then on next week's podcast, we can discuss the weapon in, in a little bit more detail. So we have a bunch of video guides and a website calculator for the puzzle. We hope you all enjoyed doing it and we hope that you all get the weapon. And that's it for the link video. So Respawn can now waffle on. Waffle on. So my rant this week is actually about the outbreak perfected <clears throat> how can i say this eloquently um okay well ding, this ding 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 can we try a clean version no no this is all staying that should be the end of our show <laughs> just end it on that and be like cut done play the music roll tape we out now i'm sad i don't feel like ranting anymore super sad okay so apparently they made me do a clean version because the version that i initially did for my rant they said that it all had to be edited out because there are a bunch of ding, wusses ding, right ding, ding. yeah ding, ding. all that right ding. All they had to do was add those dings in there, and they couldn't do it. Apparently, that's too... Whatever. Moving on. So, now the clean version of the rant is basically... The gun's amazing. The only gun that even comes close to this gun is the RPG. All I can think of is, ding, you're now free to move about the country. Uh, anyway, so the clean version of my rant, because I was vetoed by the other two people of my crew, that it has to be, would you say, clean? The clean version? Yeah, okay, well, whatever. So basically, the gun is like this, right? The Outbreak Perfected is an amazing gun. It was amazing. Sorry, I couldn't help doing it again. Be good now. <laughs> oh no, he's gone. Oh, he's back. He's muted himself. I'll be good. I'll be good. Go on, Are you sure? Lies. Yeah. I put my phone down. I'm waiting I put for my it. Phone down. No, I'm waiting for it. I put my phone down. Sounds like you're suffering from PTSD syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, that this all has to stay in so that they know what the hell was going on, right? At least the clean version, quote-unquote. So after that complete train wreck of an intro to the to the rant i'm i i'm just i'm i'm disheveled at this point right i'm i'm demotivated (laughs) 
for the rent. <laughs> Basically, there's only two guns in the game you need to get. You need to get the Arbalesque and or the Outbreak perfected. You have either one of those guns, you're sitting pretty. You have both of those guns, well, then you have a problem because they're both great guns. So which one do you use? Personally, whenever I'm going against single target damage, right, I tend to go for the Arbalesque. That's a lot of single target damage, especially if they have a shield. If I'm going against a boss and I have other people, especially if I have other people that have the Outbreak Perfected, then I use the Outbreak Perfected because I don't think we mentioned it earlier in the rant. I thought, I thought you were going to rant about the, um, the mission. I'm getting okay. there. I'm getting there. Um, the mission to get it, right? The, the mission to get the weapon itself, it's not so bad, right? The two titans would like to apologise for the Hunter rant this week. It was late. I kind of deflated his rant with um, too many dings. Sorry for making your ears bleed. Normal service will resume next week. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all our listeners for the continued download support. And um, yeah, we'll continue doing what we're doing. You guys continue doing what you're doing. So thank you. And three, two, one, we're back in the room. Other than that, that basically wraps up my, my rant for this week. It's a great gun, right? If you didn't get the Arbalesque and you missed out on it, that's a shame. But do not miss out on this gun. Once you get this gun, you're going to see what an amazing gun this is. There are, there are almost no words to describe it. I think this gun and the Arbalesque are probably the best exotic guns in all of Destiny. One and two. Right, I think they're just amazing, right? So that's just how it is. That's my rant. You agree with me? Great. You don't agree with me? I don't know. Why are you listening to the podcast? Right? Because I'm the star. <laughs> no, edit that part out. Um, if you don't agree with me, then, you know, I don't care. I'm right. You're wrong. Get over it. Let's move forward. And that's it. Next week will be better. I promise. Don't make promises you can't keep. I'm going to keep this promise. Shut up. I think that's it. Should we 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 could we should call it a night because there's lots of rambling, and it's gone downhill very rapidly. We started off strong, and then there was the demise of respawn through dings, and they're pretty much broken. And, um, we we completely deflated. His I don't even bubble. know why that tilted me so much. It still tilts <laughs> me. Like right now, I'm just so I'm so irritated by all the dings, man. You don't get irritated by the fact that you get. Uh, muted and nope, edited post just the dings show yeah but you get when i'm doing it to you live in the show you get tilted no, I, I get tilted when you do that but i think it's funny right so you know that's funny but when you do all the dings in here and nobody hears you doing the dings and they just hear my dejected poor attempt at a rant after you've mentally traumatize me then that's a completely different thing man <laughs> there's no comedy there it's just me being just we should have just built you back up afterwards yeah okay I'm but sorry. there's so much comedy to be had there just not by anyone else but us <laughs> sorry no. yeah he adds out all the good bits man we apologize for the fault of those who are not responsible or responsible for ranting those responsible sacked we apologize again for the fault in the ranting those responsible for sacking the people who have been sacked have just been sacked 
Everyone has been sacked. The rants have been ranted. The game has been gamed. See, no, no, no. You know what? No, because there was a great rant. Right? I had the rant all taken care of. I told you beforehand, you got to get the ready. You got the game ready. And yeah, you did. But then you said, all oh, this has got to be edited out. So blame him. This is muted out because Respawn is just ranting extra rants about stuff that you don't care about. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ding, you know, just mute out the stuff that you're responsible for. I see. See how it is. Trying to save face, stupid Brit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm tired. Shut up. And this has been Two Titans and a Very Tired Hunter. Your Titans have been parody at Night Demon. Your hunter is no one response in real life. Email the show at two titans at a hunter hotmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at two titans underscore hunter. Hit us up on Facebook. Find us on YouTube. The latest episode will be up there next week. I promise you can join the frozen clan at join.frozen.party. That's frozen with a zero because frozen with an O owned by Disney as are all things Simba. You can find your favorite guardian on Xbox live. You can watch the show on YouTube. Listen to us on Apple podcasts, Google play, Spotify, and everywhere fine podcasts are sold. I leave you from dusk till dawn, dancing the outer dance of my people. Say goodbye, Guardians. Goodbye. And hey, shout out to Queen Anne's Revenge and his clanmates for leaving their clan to come join ours. Keep up the power, boys. And, oh, and girls. Shout out to the Booker Man who hit me up on Twitter this week saying uh, he takes offense at my insistence that he uses five guns. He would like to tell everyone to know he uses more than five guns. It might be six, but he uses more than five. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> What's so funny? What I miss? Flashback. Right, that's definitely going at the end of the podcast. Ha! <laughs> what you just did is going in at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Flashback.